Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Insane in the Membrane. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane, with me, Rich Wilson. And today I'm joined by the wonderful Tanya Lacey. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Where do we find you in the world? I am currently in Australia, in uh, far north Queensland, the tropics, where it's um, the middle of winter and a lovely balmy 26 degrees. Ah, see, that's how winter should be. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So is that where you're from? No, not at all. Um, Originally, yes, from Queensland, but down south of Queensland, but then lived in Singapore, then went to Melbourne, lived there. Um, Yeah, so six primary schools, two high schools, you know. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So did you feel, did you ever feel like you could, you felt settled anywhere with a, with a life like, like, like that? Not really. I mean, you sort of, no. you get itchy feet, you sort of get um, kind of, you get a calling to move on, if you know what I mean. And um, so, you know, I've just done six years in Berlin, um, <laughs> come back oh, to wow. Australia when the world, when the world capsized, we came back here because... And we wanted to go somewhere warm because we wanted to be outdoors because we hadn't been for like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, and what a better place to be than where you are now. It's incredible. I yeah, know. I, I haven't it's been beautiful. to Australia. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. I place. mean, it's pretty amazing. It's The problem is it's just too far away from everything. Yeah, there is that. You know, if, <laughs> I, if we could just move those... it into the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of them. It's like when I've been to New Zealand, and then you're flying back, and you're flying over Australia, and you're like eight hours on the plane, and then you look at the map, you go, "I'm still over Australia. How is this?" I know, <laughs> I know. It's huge. It's a huge place. You forget. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 but do you think that's why? Because I was, I was obviously, I look in, I look at the guests to see, find out about them, and you know, do a bit of research and stuff, and what a life you've led what an incredible life and do you think that's that comes from having like from a very young age moving around a lot always on the move always exploring always you just have this 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 just have this need to just do stuff and you've done so much it's incredible and I think that a lot of it too is that, you know, by the time you've hit your third different school, you're like, okay, let's forget about someone showing me where the toilets are, who's going to be my friend, you know, like you just yeah. straight into the business. Um, and I think it, it sort of prepared me for a life that, you know, like I wasn't so afraid of change and making change. So, you know, yeah. I just uh, kind of do that. Yeah. Just got stuck in to everything that came along, and it's. I mean, yeah. you know, it, I was having a look. I'm like, you've done, you've done everything, everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> there is a problem with that. There is a problem with that. Is that, you know, like I, I try and do all these things, and I do them, and then you, you sort of don't become an expert in anything. Like, oh, well, people don't see right. you as an expert in anything. So, you know, like, because I've only really been doing stand-up for the last, you know, six years, um, mm. but I've been in comedy for 30. So, yeah. you know, it's 
it's just a different form of comedy that I was in. You know, first of all, I was doing TV and I sort of was let loose. I was given so much creative freedom basically because no one gave a shit what I was doing. (laughs) It was just like I was just meant to be this girl filling airtime, you know, well, we need someone to do 20 minutes a week, so we'll just get her. No one even watched my stuff before it went to air. And I got away with just doing so much stuff. And people say, how did you negotiate such, you know, creative freedom? It's like I didn't. They just didn't care. So, you know. (laughs) But um, I I think that I don't even know what I was talking about. Uh, But, yeah, Doing lots of things but not really being an expert, yeah. Well, not seen as an expert, even though I have so much experience and different life experience in different things, you know, and – I'm a wealth of knowledge, basically. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got in trouble as well, didn't you, when you were working with uh, mm. Mark Little? Mm, yes. So well, someone see, noticed eventually. Yeah, well, they did. Well, they made me the host of this show um, because I became quite popular and so they put me on as the host of this show and um, – then we put on a mock strike because they kept saying, because it was called Countdown Revolution, and they were like, you know, we want anarchy, we just want anarchy, like just be anarchic, you know. They kept throwing that at us. And when we did give them anarchy, they were kind of like, oh, not that kind of anarchy, thank you, you're fired. All oh, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Controlled so anarchy that, is what yeah, we want. Yeah, we wanted we wanted to control your anarchy. Um, yeah, we put on this mock strike and there's a whole backstory to it that, you know, we knew nothing about what was going on behind the scenes and doing a mock strike was really hitting a very raw nerve that we didn't know about. Um, uh, and so, yeah, we were fired. Mm. Right. The irony we of that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I I still feel like I'm trying to be forgiven for that. It's like, please, people, let it go, you know, like mm. just let it go. But I, yeah, I think yeah, it's... Yeah. Women, women, when they make mistakes, it's, we're not really forgiven, you know? It doesn't seem like that. It just seems mm. like, it does seem like in all kind of, all all industries, we, men can kind of go away, dust themselves off and come back with a new jacket on and go, oh yeah, sorry about that. I'm doing this now. And everyone goes, oh yeah, fair enough. He's obviously changed his tune. But yeah. women just get written I mean- off. That's it. I've seen it in so many different ways on TV, you know, men who've done terrible things, who've been um, charged with um, assaults or whatever, and Mm. they'll be off air for maybe a couple of months and then they'll be back on air and we all just go, oh, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah people who've failed with a show and, you know, they, they're not given a second chance but a third chance and a fourth chance, you know, and I just don't see that happening with women. And even, um, you know, I experienced um, addiction in my life and I even noticed that, like, you know, even if you're a junkie, the sexism is strong. Um, really? Like yeah, it's like, you know, when, when you know, men rock and roll, they're taking drugs, the, the addiction, you know, but they still turn up, they do a great show, you know. and But women, no. Loser, get out, no, don't want to know. And um, it's not given the same kind of, and I hate even saying this, kind of kudos that men get when they mm. when they yeah. use and then become clean and sober. I mean, standing ovation for that, please, people. But I don't think women are given that same kind of accolade when um, they get clean and sober. No, it's just, it's always seen as, what you were doing was a weakness and you were weak and, mm. and, and oh, my addiction I, 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 was, you know, yeah, I was yeah, just going to say my addiction was very much tied into my mental illness and, um, as is most addiction. And mm. so, you know, I, it wasn't like I was, I was just very sick, you know, at that time. Yeah. Mm. So when you say mental illness, what are we talking about? was probably one of the more colourful but horrible ones. Um, it's called borderline personality disorder. Right, okay, and yeah. Whilst, whilst I don't want to be the poster child for 
borderline personality disorder. I will be. Um, <laughs> you know, it's something that's going that's being diagnosed more frequently um, in the last maybe ten years, um, mm. and it's a difficult illness, and it's a difficult illness to treat. It's a difficult illness to recover from. And it's only in the last few years that people are being actually, you know, psychiatrists have actually been saying, oh, yes, it is recoverable, you know, you can recover. Right, Um, yeah. But before that, not much was known and not much was known how to treat people with BPD. No, I've only only really heard of it in the last few years where I've had Mm. people that I've been around and someone else has said, that seems very much like uh, BDP, mm. and you're like, "What is that?" I yeah. don't know much about it. I mean, you know, what for the benefit of the listeners, what is it? What 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 are the symptoms? Well, it's and I mean, it, it's a comorbid um, kind of thing. So you'll suffer depression, you'll suffer um, often risky behavior behaviors like um, drug addiction. Um, mm. There'll be, but the main Part of this illness is the intensity with which you feel emotion, which causes, you know, some fairly dramatic reactions. And it's all about trying to learn to control your reaction to things. And it can make life really, I mean, I have to work so hard to to live a life that means that I can be socially acceptable. Um, And I didn't for a long time. And I didn't, and I couldn't, because I didn't have the skills. And I've since learnt those skills. But I, I do have to work very hard, and and it's, um, it's hard to be the partner or friend of someone with BPD. It really is. Mm. So you know, I've lost a lot of friends, and yeah, yeah it's been difficult. But at the Especially same time, when you don't, you don't, I, yeah. No, go on. Go on. Sorry. No, no, no. Go on. You can. No. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, like, um, it's um, it... <laughs> no, you first, really. Um, we're no, both no, from on. polite countries. <laughs> yes. Um, no, it it is very difficult on the people around you, and I have lost a lot of people in my life because of this illness. And I think that's why I I try to speak out about it because it can be a very lonely existence. Hmm. And you don't even realise. That's the thing. When it's happening, until you get diagnosed, I suppose you don't know what it is. You just you just experience this nope. thing, and you're not thinking, "Why am I like this?" You just think, "Fuck! Why is it? Why is everyone around me? I don't know. I don't. It, it, why? You know, everyone around me seems to piss me off. Or yeah. Or why are they you know all disappearing? I mean? you don't know or... Yeah. Yeah. Why are my relationships so intense and then they're gone? And, you know, it's, it's, there's so much stuff going on. And I was diagnosed with so many different things before someone finally went, you have borderline personality disorder. And, you know, my, my poor suffering husband, <laughs> he was just like, oh, thank God, you know, because then <laughs> we knew and he could look look it up and read about it and you know like we did therapy together and he was like you know for so long he thought it was him and he didn't have a clue what was going on half the time um but it was such a relief and so good for our marriage when I was diagnosed it was fantastic Mm. yeah well having been around someone who shows all the symptoms shows all the signs of having it and in the end you have to go i don't know what else to do i'm gonna mm. have to i have to just and you do you go i have to go i can't i don't know what to do because even when you say it when you say look i think it's this and they go what do you fucking mm. know you're not a doctor and yeah you're like, all, right, all right yeah it's that intensity of emotion that because I mean, you have this intensity of emotion and then you have all these behaviours, these ridiculous behaviours that go with that. And um, before I was treated for BPD, those behaviours were there and it can involve self-harming, it can involve addiction, doing ridiculous Mm. things like going and spending $10,000 that you don't have, you know, like just really extreme behaviours to try and cope with how you're feeling. 
And I guess what happens now is I've learned skills that enable me to not do the behaviours, but I'm still feeling very deeply. So I'm still feeling mm. like a BPD. I'm just not going out and using drugs or drinking or spending money or whatever. So that's It must be exhausting. Yeah, it must be it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. And it's so yeah. – sometimes I just get so – you know, because I misinterpret stuff so often because my – you know, one's self-image with BPD can be so fluctuating. Like one day you think you're so fantastic and the next day you're just like, why would anyone want to be my friend? Why would anyone like me? And, mm. you know, that, that kind of roller coaster, you know, it's just so much inconsistency in your life. Yeah, it becomes exhausting. Yeah. And then you turn mm. to drugs to cope with it. Drinking yeah. and drugs. Was it drinking drugs? Yeah. Well, it was drinking at first and then I I hit the hard stuff and eventually I ended up, it was heroin that brought me to my knees. Oh, wow. Um, so mm. we're not mucking around then? No, but it was a fantastic painkiller, you know. It really mm. was a painkiller. And, um, yeah, so, but eventually I was one of the lucky ones that, got clean and sober and I've been clean and sober for over 22 years now so yeah and are you all right talking about it still are you yeah I mean it depends like some days if it depends what kind of mood I'm in like um if you'd asked me this a couple of hours ago I probably would have been in tears talking about it but Mm. I'm okay right now (laughs) and you know that's why I do comedy <laughs> well, this is it. At least you found an outlet for all the, you know, all this, all the things you've experienced, um, and you've turned it into comedy. That's quite something. Well, the other thing is that comedy, doing stand-up comedy, is a fantastic mood stabilizer for me. It's a mood enhancer. Right. Like I, I love standing up on stage and, you know, experiencing that laughter. And knowing that I'm bringing joy to people, it really helps me. So it's like a two-way yeah. relationship, you know, it's very symbiotic. And I feel that, um, you know, there is a little bit of an element of like, yeah, it's a little bit sad that I need to get up at least once a week and get a round of applause in my life to feel good. But, you know, kind of in the end, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. It's... it's um having the skills to make a room for the stranger's laugh is yeah it's i don't it's 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 a it's a privilege to be able to do that and a lot of people they go oh yeah you're an attention seeker you go no i i get off on the fact that i'm stood in front of a room full of people and for 20 minutes or an hour or however long i'm doing they're forgetting about their problems and their shit and or they'll go oh yeah, yeah. i've experienced that they they go yeah, yeah. through so many thoughts and feelings in that short space of time that you're on how can you not enjoy that well also I think it's it I think people forget how important comedians are and we've always had you know clowning or something in life that people have sought out to to be entertained and feel better and I think comedians are really important people because they do make people laugh and they do make people feel better and in a sense it's, it's like we're sort of you know without sounding like a wanker like a modern day shaman in some way you know there's a healing about that that I think we forget how amazing it is to to be able to make someone laugh yeah 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 I think it's and what I like about what we do is that we're able to sort of shine a light on the ridiculousness of our existence the fact that when mm. you really look at it it's 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 mad that we exist in the first place. And then the things we get up to and the things we convince ourselves are truth. And the th- things that we, you're like, we're insane. <laughs> how, do, how do any of us get dressed in the morning? Really? <laughs> I know really, truly like why? Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> I agree. I think, you know, so many, so much stuff that we worry about and concern ourselves with and, particularly 
I'm finding at the moment one thing that I'm finding really disturbing is how much people are um, controlled by their desire to have wealth and fame. And yes. more than more than ever, and I, I just think, oh, my God, like, you know, having been famous and not so mm. much now, I can tell you it's it's really not worth the pursuit. <laughs> what does it feel like when you're when you're at the in the middle of it, when you like you say, when you become that person, when you're famous, what does it feel like? Mm. It must feel because everybody wants to be well known well, for what they do. And mm. when you get it, it must feel you must have just not a single every time you step out of your house, everyone's looking at you. Yeah, I mean, for me at that time in my life, I probably needed that because I was mm. so empty as a person that I actually really needed that kind of accolades to keep going, um, which is really sad. Um, but, you know, like ultimately when the, when the fame went and that's a really hard thing to lose fame, that's, that's mm. a really terrible journey. There's a reason why a lot of people don't survive that or become right. addicted to drugs in that time because it is so painful, yeah. um, really? to have been adored and then, you know, just slowly watch it dissipate and go away and then life returns to like this normalcy and it's like, well, what happened? What did I do wrong? You know, mm. um, it's, it's really painful. And um, I think that now I, I don't, <laughs> I look back on that time and I go, you know, being famous at that time, at that age with the illness that I had probably saved my life. Mm. Um, but now I, I don't, I don't live for it, you know. No. I mean, I actually must, wanted this, yeah. to be famous. Like oh, that's really? what I wanted. Yeah. Like I yeah. remember in year 12 we had to write down, you know, what you wanted and I said I want to be rich and famous. And this priest was like, I hope that you're not. Um, yeah. <laughs> what a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you know, mate? <laughs> yeah, word of God, my ass. Um, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it was just like, what? Why would you say that? Um, and I understand what he means now because it, it's not the answer to your problems. You know, it really isn't. They'll catch you eventually. I, yeah. I remember watching years ago, I'm a big fan of In Excess. And I remember when I remember watching oh, yeah. an interview with Andrew Farris and he mm -hmm. said and he said that that famous quote of like, be careful what you wish for, because you might just get yeah, it. Yeah. And it never made sense to me until later on I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Um Yeah, like I say, it, it, at that time in my life, I mean, it, I have to say, life as a famous person is so much better, though. Mm. Um, so much better. <laughs> it really. must be nice being in demand. Um, the phone's ringing. Everyone wants to work with you. Yeah, you know, you walk into a restaurant. Oh, do you have any available? Yeah, just one second. You, that family there, get them the fuck out. We're going to give that table to <laughs> Tanya Lacey. Um, <laughs> it's really just. You know, people will do anything. Yeah, get out, or I'll kill you and your children. Get out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's an unrealistic existence, but it's so fun. Like it really is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and do you feel it? Do you, is there a moment where you where it's you suddenly go? Oh, hang on a minute. Things feel different now. I'm famous. Do you know what I mean? Is there a day yeah, when you wake up yeah. or does it just sort of gradually happen? It gradually sort of happens. Like, you know, a couple of people might recognise you and then it's a couple more and then suddenly you go to a nightclub and people go hysterical and, you know, it was it was gradual. But then once it, it you know, was at its peak, it was, it was um, you know, going out was kind of, I couldn't really go out actually. Was, oh, really? Yeah got to mm. that level wow mm. 
What did that feel like? Thought it was only Australia, so. I know that in this country, we've got Romish Ranganathan. And I know that whenever he goes out, he's he's constant. People are always coming up to him, photos, autographs, whatever. And it's Mm. relentless. And he doesn't complain. He's, he's, He's really good about it. But it must get to a point. It's like, I just want to have... I just want to have my dinner. Yeah, just well, for a minute. It, it it didn't bother me as much as it bothered the people around me. Um, right. I was very patient because I was. There was also a part of me that was very grateful that I was in this position. You know, like I was course, very, yeah. very grateful that this had happened. Um, and it had happened in such a way. It was the kind of stuff you dream of. I was in a TV studio dancing, someone spots me, I get asked to audition for a new show and I get that job and, you know, like it's a fantasy. Um, yeah. So but I so I was very grateful but, you know, it would often piss off the people that I was with. You know, they'd get really right. tired of it very quickly. My family would tire yeah. of it very quickly. So, yeah. Mm. So it just got to a point you couldn't, you just couldn't go out and. Yeah, I just kind of didn't. It wasn't worth it, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, also I I was a workaholic, so I was quite happy to be at home just writing, writing, writing for my next day shooting. I'm going to do this, 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 you know. So yeah. it, was, it was fine. Yeah, I guess when you're at that level, you've got, yeah, you, yeah, the work, you've still got to do the work mm. and, you know, keep it, keep, keep it at that level. For as long as you can yeah more than ever you know like yeah. it was um very intense but i loved it I, I love being that busy i think that's something i probably should look at um <laughs> <laughs> i mean at the moment i'm i'm doing this tour and i'm doing a law degree because you know i needed a hobby um so <laughs> <laughs> You sound like a mate of mine. I've got a friend of mine and he just does PhD after PhD. And you're like, uh, why? He goes, I just, I yeah. like doing them. <laughs> oh. He gets a better seat at a restaurant, doctor, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My manager used to always ring restaurants and book under like doctor, whatever his name was, um, because he said you get better service and a better table. <laughs> wow. I might have to, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's Doctor Lacey. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. So, were the so the drink and the drugs issue was that before you became famous, or was that no, part no, of no? It? That was that was um, when it sort of all started tanking, and right. you know, I didn't have the fame to lift me up anymore, to build up my confidence, to sort of help me exist in a world, um, and. My money was running out, you know, it only lasts so long. And, yeah, I was, first of all, I was drinking a terrible amount and then it was the usual party drugs and then I was very glad that I found heroin because it stopped me from drinking so much. So, you know. (laughs) Saved your liver. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it was through that period where I, you know, I, I kind of lost the fame, but also, you know, my mental illness was catching up with me. So I was feeling mm. more the depression that I, you know, that had been able to be pushed away because I was so busy and, yeah. you know, enjoying my, my work so much that I didn't have time to feel that. Um, and if I did, it didn't last for a long period of time because, you know, I had I had to perform. And so when all that went, it was just me mm. and it, I, I couldn't cope with that. And that's when I started to really seek out drugs that were going to kill my pain and, and I didn't even realise that I had anything wrong with me until I ended up in a rehab and they started treating my mental illness. Um, right. So, yeah. But at that stage, they diagnosed yeah. me as um, major depressive disorder. Um, so, yeah, it was a good many years after that before I was diagnosed with BPD. Right. I think this is one of the 
one of the things about our industry, entertainment industry, is that it is so brutal. Like when you're coming up and you feel like no one gives a shit and then you do something and then everybody gives a shit and you think, like you say, you've made it, you're there, you're in, you're, you've, you've, you've been allowed into the big room and then suddenly you go to go into the big room one day and you've been locked out and it's such a, it's, you see it all the time with people and it's, and even now they say that they've, they've put, they've got measures in place and there's aftercare and there's this and there's that, but that's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's yeah. just once they I mean, don't make money from you anymore, they're done. Yeah, you do feel like a little bit of um, waste topped, tossed onto a pile. And, I mean, it, there's so many people who experienced, you know, elements of flat fame in their life as, as younger people and they end up dead. And you've got to ask yourself why. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. No. You know, it's a very no. painful process to go through especially as it, like you've just said is it is if you're a child and you go through it you see it all the time macaulay culkin famously um you know uh corey feldman and all these people that yep. were child stars yep and they just lose their minds and talented child stars too you know yeah 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 they were very talented you know um and Corey Feldman's best mate, Corey, whatever his name was, I've forgotten. Oh, Corey Haim. Haim, yes. I mean, he's he's yeah. died. Um, yeah. And there's a, there's a lot. There's another, uh, you know, the people who were on different strokes, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of people and I understand, like, all those people that, that respected me and spoke to me with, such glowing, you know, oh, my God, rapture. Mm. None of that happened anymore. They didn't talk to me. No one called. Nothing. And wow. like I said, it's very painful. Um, mm. and, and you do really feel dis- disregarded. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. But you mm. seem to have a resilience that not, not everybody has. And a lot of people do have it, but you, like, you were studying, you were a ballet dancer. And then you had mm-hmm. you had that, a, a severe accident, which meant you couldn't do that anymore. But then yeah. you became a choreographer, so you didn't even that on that on that on that level when you were like, right, you were not going to ballet dance anymore, and you were like, and I imagine at the time it was horrible. You must have been, you know, well, beside yourself at that point. I, yeah, I mean that was that was the first thing that happened in my life. I mean, a lot of people would never have something like that happen um, and have to go through that ever in their life. But basically mm. my entire life I I just wanted to be a ballerina. That's, that's all I wanted. And yeah. I got into the College of the Arts, which is a place you audition for and they take, you know, 30 people, 20 people out of the whole of the country. Wow. And... In my second year, a drunk teacher, he was drunk and he was always drunk, he dropped me and I snapped the bottom half of my leg from the top half. And um, it was devastating 
because that had been my dream and I couldn't, there were so many existential questions that I had, like why would God give me this talent, put me in, let me get into this college and then rip it away from me? Like what am I supposed to learn out of this? Um, Mm. I I just didn't understand. And I, I think it's the kind of accident that you never really get over. Like that's always there no. as a, and people go, but you went on to be really famous and on TV, and I, and I'm still like, yeah, but if I'd had my choice, <laughs> I would have just yeah. been a dancer. I would have happily gone that route. And I say before I'm anything in life, I'm a dancer. Like seriously, like that's mm. that you you put music on, that's still there in me. Um, and that accident, you know, it was very. Difficult, but yes, I went back to the college after you know re- rehab on my leg and learning to use it again and everything, and um, I just couldn't keep up with the training. It was just impossible, and so I left the college and I went into commercial dance, which I could manage. Um, and then I was I was dancing on this pop show called Countdown, which was like your top of the pops, and yeah, they, it was there that that I was asked to choreograph um a video clip for one of their newly assigned clients which was Kylie Minogue and so I choreographed and was in um locomotion which is amazing (laughs) I know right there at the beginning can you believe it I'm gonna have to watch it again I haven't seen it in years I'm gonna have to watch it again (laughs) oh my god I I have been in London walking through a mall and that has played on a huge video screen and I'm just like you know, Kylie, if I'd known that this was going to be played 35 years later with me in a goddamn rah-rah skirt, Kylie, I don't know if I would have said yes, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, I loved it and I had so much fun. And then Kylie popped by one day and I was like, I'll just make a cup of tea and I was in the kitchen like, what the fuck is Colin Minogue doing in my lounge room? You know, like, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> just getting the tea. Jesus. Um, <laughs> it was so bizarre. But, um, yeah, she, of course, I think the only person who had any doubts that day when we shot that clip was Kylie. Like everyone else oh, really? was like, yeah, this is, this is going to be a hit. She's going to. Be fine. Don't worry about it. Keep going. Have yeah. some fun. Let's go. It's incredible mm. how massive she's become. When oh, I know, and I think this resurgence ago. at the moment is so fantastic. Um, oh yeah, because as a as as a woman over fifty, I understand how difficult it is to stay relevant and to be relevant to people. And yeah, she's smashing it. It's fantastic. Do you know, I had this conversation yesterday with someone. We were talking about ageism in our industry, and it is still rife. I don't care what people oh, yeah. say. There's n- no one gives a shit. And I was talking about, I was talking about it from my perspective, and it was a it was a woman I was talking to, and then I'm going, mm. yeah, well, you try being a woman, uh, you know, <laughs> like women, women can't even. You're not. You can't. When I've seen comedians, and they they talk about the menopause, and you see the audience turn off or you see promoters go, oh, I'm not going to book her again. All she does is talk about the menopause yeah, and you're yeah. like, yeah, it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I finally men had to go through it. Um, yeah. I do think that ageism is a huge problem and, um, you know, like I've, I also feel like, and, and you might feel like this too, being an older person, like, um, you know, you walk into the, the back room at a comedy gig and suddenly everyone's like, quick, put the joint away, Mrs Lacey's here, you know, like it, you just don't <laughs> feel like you're, you're kind of part of the gang, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and But at the same time, I don't demand respect from people. I really believe you have to earn it. But I just mm. wish that you had to earn disrespect as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because the way that I have been spoken to by people who are like 12, um, who've been, you know, 
I, I sometimes just think, oh, my God. And and I have to stand there and I have to go, yep, okay, thanks for that. Yeah, mm. thanks. No, I got it. Great. Because if I didn't, that would be a huge issue. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And it's yeah. what what gives me, what I take solace from is, yeah, they're, they're arrogant now because they're young and we all were. Um, and they're all like, what do you know? And I just, I, I take great solace in thinking you'll be where I am one day and you'll get this. <laughs> You're going to understand exactly why I'm being the way I'm being, why I'm so chilled about this. Cause I know mm. you, I knew mm. that you were going to be in my position one day. Yeah. You're like, oh shit, I'm not part of the club anymore. When, when you walk into a green room, you know, you say hello to everybody, but everybody's normally hunkered down and they're all scribbling in their notebooks and they're all doing whatever they're doing and they're all focusing or they've all been out paintballing together that day or whatever they've been doing. And you kind of go, and it used to bother me, but now I'm like, I look, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. As long as this show yeah. works and we all have a good time, anything else is irrelevant. And I know that once the show starts, I'm going to be, I'm going to smash this. So you need to keep up. Yeah. I sort of wish that I was um, judged more on my talent, not my age. You know, like mm, I yeah. feel like that's the first judgment that comes at me as a woman, um, well, yes. as, as an older person, when you walk into one of those back rooms, it, the first judgment, you know, it's like, what's, What's dad doing here? What's mum doing here? I don't I don't want them here. Like um yeah. so yeah, it's oh god. Yeah, because I've got asked the question recently, you know, like what what would what does being older mean um being at, at at Edinburgh Fringe? And it's like I'll tell you what it means. It means I won't get an agent. It means <laughs> No one will want to tour my show. It's just, this is what it means, you know, like seriously. Um, yeah, it's just like it immediately, because everyone wants the next big thing, but, you know, that apparently you have to be young for that. And I don't know where that comes from. I it's mean, just, it's absurd. It's just weird to me. What, you know, well, there's, there's, my there's dad a, was. Yeah, there's a um, massive, yeah. Go on. My dad was Your someone dad. who was very successful later in life. You know, he got a law degree right. when he was 40. He he became a judge later in life. and Oh, wow. He's done some amazing things. He was administrator of Christmas Island, you know, like he's done some amazing things and it was all later in life. And he's been allowed to have that success and I just think maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something about the legal world that means that they can go, oh, he's, he's older, that's a good thing. But I don't find it's in many many areas no and it's weird because one there's a massive audience for people of our age those people are still they still exist they're still engaging on social media and things like that they're still there so mm. why are you turning your back on them you should be employing older people to tap into that market they're the market they're the people with money they'll buy tickets they're the ones with they the, will, the dollars they're the ones with the dollars we're and we've got the experience mm. So you you know you're mm. going to get a good show if you come and see us. It's not a waste of money. I'm not saying that young people mm. are a waste of money, but you know what I mean. And yeah, no, this, I seriously this, do. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and we are relevant when we're part of an aging population. You know, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it so, should be, mm. and that. No, the fact that we've we've you know we have the experience we've 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 lived the life we've got stories to tell. I know that's the thing too. I want to share my knowledge. I want to I want to help people. I I want to give this yeah. away. Like so much stuff that I've learned along the way, and um, in the field of like working in television, you know, and then working as a writer in a writer's room, and you know, being in charge of my own career as a stand-up. There's a lot of experiences that I've had and I want to share it. And it's, I feel like I'm often, like I said, I wish you had to earn disrespect as well. Yeah, I know. But it's, but it, especially as a woman, I, I remember this early on. I've only been, in, I've only been doing comedy for 20 years. But I remember, mm. and I said this quite a lot on here, I remember there was only ever one woman on a bill. 
She was on in the middle. It was known as the girl <laughs> spot. And you're yeah. like, and that was only that was only two thousand and that was early two thousands that that was still happening. Well, and you know, so, I managed to get t- myself. Know. I managed to get myself yeah. cancelled over that very issue because when I came to um, the place where I live, um, I turned up for an open mic night, and you know, I was like, you know, I'd come from Berlin, where yeah, they're very progressive about women there, and I was kind of like where are all the women? And they're like, well, the two women's spots are taken. <laughs> the two what? women's spots. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. Okay. It. Yeah. And I made mention of this um, on my social media page and, um, yeah, I, I didn't get another gig. Unbelievable. You mm. See, this is the thing. It, it, it's it, what annoys me is these talks about diversity and, and and needing to make changes. Yet this, it's still women still get a get a shit deal. I've 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 booked gigs and I've put women on, and the 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 guy I was booking it for, and he went and he went. These are all women, and I went. Yeah, no, that's not what I've booked them. They're just they're good comics, and he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if if the people in the town they might not. They might not go for it, but they, I was like, but they will. I know they will, and they did. And it was a brilliant night. And you go in. Mm. I, I don't understand what the problem is. Why is there still this stigma well, when it comes to women comedians? I don't know, and um, I completely get what you're saying because I see it too. And um, frankly, at the moment, I don't, I don't know if. It's like this in England, but in Australia, I think it's the women who are doing the more interesting work right now. Um, mm. a, a lot of men are, are relying on, you know, the old shtick, and I'm finding that women are really pushing the boundaries and making comment about stuff that men aren't going there. And um, I don't know if it's like that in the UK, but I really think that it's such a fertile time for female comedians and the work that they're producing and yet you only have to flick through the fringe um uh you know what do you call it the, oh, thing the brochure the, yeah and yeah, just compare how many women are on for men and it and it gives you the answer like i totally understand why women also walk away from this yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, but this is why people. This is why someone like you should be given more of a voice because you've come through so much. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm just saying you've been through so much and experienced so much. Of you've experienced every aspect of this industry. You should be one of the people that everyone should be listening to. Like you, you're the. You know, you're the success story, and you're what happens after the success, and then you're the you re you know you reinvent yourself, and then you do something else, and then you're part of this, and you're part of that, and you keep pushing, and you do these things. That's worth its weight in gold. That that knowledge is you can't buy that knowledge. That's something that, and so for people not to be listening to you is just well, it's their right. Well, that's their loss. Fuck, they're fucking idiots. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. Um, my experience thus far has been that when I do speak up, all that it's meant is that I'm punished for it. Like, for example, I can't get a gig in this town to save my ass because I spoke up really? about the misogyny. And, you know, I, there was a comedy night. Um, there was a competition I was kind of new to the town and I didn't enter because I, I had any hopes or dreams of winning but because I wanted to get my name out there as being like present in this town. Now, this was a competition where there were three male judges and a male host and all the prizes went to men. And I didn't really care about me but what I did care about most of all was there was this woman, it was the second time she'd been on stage and she was a natural, like she was mm. so funny. You know those people that come along and just go, oh, okay, so yeah. this is a gift from God yeah. that you have. Um, clearly 
you're way beyond what anyone else is ever going to achieve and this is your second time on stage. But no mention was even made of, of her and that experience. And every time wow. there, there was a lot of kind of like, oh, we got another woman for you. <laughs> for- you know, and I was just kind of like, this is, you know, they're not saying we got another man for you. And, you know, no. when the guy walk, you know, when the guy walks off stage, you know, I, I did my bit. Well, <laughs> we learned a lot there, didn't we? Um, you know, like, why are you breaking down my act and doing this? Like, what the hell is that? You're not doing it to the guys, you know? No. And, um, I, I just sort of, and I spoke out about it and it just, um, got me cancelled. See, this is what's happened over here is that there was a thing recently, couple in the last couple of years, and a lot of uh, women were saying it's the if you're in like lads, if you're in a green room and you notice that there aren't any women on or whatever, speak up, say something. And I and I was like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's not the place to say it in a green room when you're being booked. What you the way I do it is that is people that all the time promoters going, who's coming up? Who's good? Who's bad? We want to get more women in. And you go, right, here's a mm. list of names. Is these, this, 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 this. And you do it like that. But there is a, there is an element of, fuck, if I, if I kick off in this green room or I not kick off, if I say something, I'm not going to get booked. So there's a, mm. it's that it's, we need to do something about that, that fear of speaking up. Like you say, we should be able to say, Mate, you need more. You need more women on this bill. You need to start booking these people, those people. You need to, in order to stay relevant, we're doing you a favour. Yeah. By, but there are brilliant people out there that you're not booking that would make your night incredible. But yeah, it's that exactly. Fear, it is that fear of if I say something, I'm not going to get booked. Yeah, which and that's is what terrible. we need to work on. Yeah. Yeah, it's just terrible. And like I said, yeah, I I wish that. Um, I don't know how to find that power and I was thinking about it today and I was looking at my social media and I thought I really need to be more political and and on my social media because that's the only, you know, sure, it's going to maybe garner some responses that I don't enjoy but like I do with any response I don't enjoy. Delete, block. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I was looking at it today and I was literally thinking, I think this is going to be the only space that I I can say um, things of a political nature about women's place in the comedy industry and women's place in any work environment because I don't care where you work, it's meant to be a safe working space for everyone. Mm. And, you know, my experience was that it wasn't. Um, and... Yeah, it, I just think that um, we're a little bit beyond, you know, it's 2023, for God's sake. You know, why are we still having these discussions? God. Because it's the system, isn't it? It's the system that's crooked and fucked. And that's that. And, and whenever you, if you're, you're, you know, you'll just be seen as a, oh, she's a pain in the ass. She's a troublemaker. Yeah. Let's keep her out of the way. Rather than addressing the fact that it's the system that needs, changing well the system is working exactly as it is intended it would work is all i can say mm. if you get what i mean Mate, i do you know, i know exactly what ex- you mean it's it's working exactly as it's meant to work and you know my yeah. finding has been that when you push up against those structures that are thousands of years old you know that have no real place in our society today it's the reaction is often extreme um, yeah, I'm still trying to work it out. But that's the thing as well, and it's the fact that it's on you to figure it out. That's the thing, isn't it? Well, it's, it's on men you. like you will it's make a women. difference. Yeah, but men like you make a difference by saying this stuff on your podcast, you know, and yeah, that's great. It's, you know, clearly your attitude is, is progressive um, and that helps, you know, and... Um, I think it's important. Yeah. Well, but it comes from a place of not realising for years. You know, I didn't realise. I just, because I was, I was just gleefully going along, doing my thing, you know, whatever was happening was happening. And, and it's not until 
it's not until you start to really look into it and you go, oh shit, that's that. I because I was, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, oh, everything's fine. I'm getting gigs. Yeah. Everything's fine. It's, I've, I've been gigging with women. I don't know what the issue is. But it's not until you look into it and you go, oh no, hang on a minute. There was, yeah, there was one woman on that bill. And I was, yeah. there was 20 men, you know. And, oh, and it's not until you start, you go, because you're benefiting from it, you don't notice it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You don't well, see is, what other people are going through. Yeah, and I think that um, they need to, because uh, my husband has said the same thing, and that I have opened his eyes and, you know, he wasn't aware mm. of his male privilege, which sort of has a, a bad connotation, but he's kind of get to seeing it now as like, yeah, it's not really that it's a, a criticism, it's just the way it is and it's the way that we're yes. raised and we don't even see it. And um, I remember on International Women's Day here they had, uh, we've got a show called Q&A and it's a political show and and on International Women's Day, you know, they, they did in the commercial, they were like, and coming up next on Q&A on International Women's Day, an all-female panel. And I was like, yeah, and the day that you don't have to say that because it's unusual to have an all-female panel is the day that we'll know that we've actually yeah. moved somewhere, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why should it be a shock that you turn on the TV show and it's an all-female panel? I know. Plenty you know, of shows where there's all male yeah. panels. We don't yeah. get shocked. Well, it's like, like, well, it's like the, the diversity is, uh, conversation. Yeah. When I've got people, uh, you know, the older generation, and they're going, oh, I'm just sick of it. It's everywhere now. And you're like, yeah, but the problem was that it wasn't. That's the yeah, issue. That's why you're noticing it now. Because it, you yeah. didn't. You didn't notice it before because you didn't notice it before. But now we're yeah. making changes and we're going, actually, we need more people from this from this place and that place doing these things. Now you're noticing it. And yeah. now it's an issue. <laughs> and I find television so much more interesting, television and film so much more interesting when it's not so white. Like yeah. I've actually, you know, like, and you're seeing um, Asians who are cast not because they're Asian, just because they're a person, you know, existing yeah, in this yeah, world, yeah, yeah. you know. They, you know, they don't have to put on an accent or whatever. They're just another person and I'm just loving it. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking how rich is this landscape now? Like it's so much more interesting. Um, yeah. Really enjoying it. I, I am as well. That's what, And that's this, this is what I love on a basic level doing this podcast because I get to meet interesting people and learn a bit more i every every episode of this podcast is really about me learning about things and i've learned so much from having you on today it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you Tay. i could talk to you all day i think you're fascinating oh, brilliant you. and <laughs> i genuinely i genuinely wish you all the best and 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 i'm not again i'm not blind smoke at your ass but i genuinely i think you're inspiring and i think you should just carry on doing what you're doing because it's fucking working so oh, thank you yeah keep on and thanks keep, for having me shouting. on and hopefully my we'll pleasure. see each other in edinburgh yeah i might i'm not going this year but i might pop up <sighs> and what i know what will happen i know what will happen i'm gonna have fomo and i'm gonna I'll, something <laughs> someone will say rich we're driving up tomorrow for a couple of days you jumping in and i'll jump in the car and i go listen babe i've got to go i'm gonna go and yeah i've <laughs> got I will. my six pack i'm on my way <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got two pairs of pants and i'll be off <laughs> <laughs> nice one i'll see you there then <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely but you're so you're going to be in edinburgh whereabouts are you going to be i'm at just the tonic at the caves um okay. 7 3rd to the 26th of um august yeah Cool. With my show, cool Everything's run. Coming Up Roses, which is um, nice. a highly sarcastic uh, title. <laughs> <laughs> and where can we find you on all the socials? Uh, Tanya Lacey, T-A-N-I-A-L-A-C-Y, on Facebook and Insta. Hmm. Lovely. As I said, it's been an absolute joy to speak to you today. And on the Kylie Minogue thing alone, Oh, there's good, people are going to go mad for that. <laughs> well, thanks so that's much for having me, Rich. It's been my pleasure. Uh, enjoy. I don't know what time it is over there. Is it morning or night? What are we talking? Oh, it's night time. We're at uh, 9 p.m. at night. Okay. Okay. Well, go and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. It's been a Thank pleasure. Thank you. Um, this has been Insane <laughs> in the Membrane. I've been Rich Wilson. Yeah. This has been Tanya Lacey. We'll see you next time. 
on the podcast. Insane in the membrane. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.